0: Hello everyone, there are a lot of you here tonight. I'm glad you're all here. If we haven't met yet, my name's Alex. Um, I'm in my third year on staff with Veritas right now and I love my job. A little bit more about me. I graduated from Mizzou a few years ago. I was in a sorority here. I led a small group with Veritas. I majored in TAM and Mizzou is where I met and dated my husband, my now husband, Daniel. And we have been married almost three years now, which is fun. And our family grew last year when we got our fur baby, boo. Some of you know him. Stanley Tucci, not more. So there should be some, yeah. So i asked for more pictures, but Luli limited me to two. But if you know us at all, you've probably heard some story of our obsession with him or my like constant worry about his health because I never want him to die. Um, but I tell Dino all the time that I'm ready for more puppies. So yeah, just so you guys know that. Anyway, we're here tonight talking about some pretty fun stuff, dating, and throughout our talk tonight, I'll share kind of some more of my personal experience, but I want to be really honest with you guys up front and say that I am only standing up here attempting to teach on this topic by God's grace in my life. I do not have the best track record in this area. Um, And after I became a Christian my sophomore year, I had to wrestle with the repercussions of my sins and struggles in relationships. Um, So all that to say, God continues to redeem that and has graciously given me a godly husband um, to now kind of attempt to, and he's guiding us as we figure out marriage. So that's fun. And all that to say is I'm really honored and humbled and excited to talk to you guys about what the Bible says about how to glorify God in dating. Um, With a biblical view of marriage in mind the whole time. So I just want... You guys know that. Um, But there's such an energy around this topic. Even when I announced this series a couple weeks ago, I could barely get through the blessing at the end because there was already this, like, eruption of talking about relationships and all the things. Um, But our culture is obsessed with it, right? With love and concepts of romance and sex and dating and marriage. They're ingrained in everything we see and hear and read and watch in our world. Our surroundings were so saturated with it; it can even make us feel like crazy people sometimes. Have you ever felt like a crazy person when you have a crush on someone? Like those thoughts of like, did we just make eye contact there? Or like, like when she said, "See you at Veritas." Like, are we we're not sitting together or anything? Right? I mean, what are we? You know, like it's just so goofy or like discerning texts of like, oh, was that punctuation flirty or like? Just grammar. Who knows? So, you know, I just know that the mind can do crazy circles trying to discern kind of a person that we have crushes on. And at the beginning of Daniel and I's relationship, there's one event that sticks out to me where I had knew I I had actually gone insane. So we had only been dating a couple months, so I was like super nervous around him still, like for sure wanted him to think I was like really fun and cool and, you know, chill and all the things. But It was a Friday night, and I was taking him to my sorority social, and it was one of those where we like, you dress up as like a famous pair, like a couple's costume, and so it was fun, but we chose Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable, classic, and I wanted him to be Rufus the Naked Mole Rat, but he denied, it was lame. Um, Yeah, so we can roast him for that later, but anyway, I lived on East Campus with like girls from my pledge class, and we were gonna have a party before, and then Dino was gonna like meet me there, and like cool, normal, then we would go to the event together, so had it all planned out, I was ready, dressed up as Kim, like ready to rock, and my roommate asked me, she was like, hey, can you take me to my date's house on East Campus? I'm like, okay, but like, Dana might get here, and like, this really needs to go perfect, so I'm like, really like begrudgingly take her, but I'm like, speeding like crazy, like drop her off at her date's house, driving back up East Campus on Bass Street, which is like one of those kind of like dark and like, not sketchy, but kind of sketchy, like and going super fast, and this guy apparently didn't see me, and he's backing up really fast out of his driveway just at the time that I'm passing his house and he hits me. And I'm like, my airbag didn't go off or anything, so like, I was fine. But I remember just like sitting there just being like, oh, I do not have time for this. Like, Dino's like (laughs) literally gonna be there. Like, he's probably already left. And so I'm like, oh, okay. The guy like pulls up, like a nice person, gonna exchange info probably. And then I get out of my car and I look at my phone light and I see like some dents and some scratches and stuff and you know, weigh my options. And then I'm like, well, okay, looks fine, gotta go. And just get back in my car and start driving home. And the guy's like, what? And mind you, still in Kim Possible costume, so he like got really lucky that he hit that Kim Possible that night. But I literally ignored a car wreck, guys, to get back to my house to meet my date because I needed it to go perfect, like crazy person. And to highlight my insanity even more, it wasn't my car. Like my parents owned that car, but I didn't worry about that right then. and luckily, I ended up marrying Daniel, so my parents' investment on that car was returned, if you look at it the right way. Um, and also, we ended, we ended up winning the costume contest that night, so I think I have a picture. Yeah, so, sweet. It was fun, we won like free sweatshirts and stuff, so that was cool. But anyway, yes, I was a bit of a crazy woman about dating that night. Um, and all jokes aside, dating can be a really hard thing and scary thing to navigate. And if you're a Christian here tonight, And the Bible is where you go to find direction in any area of your life. The Word of God is our source of life. It tells us everything we need to know about the world and how to live out our Christian lives. Just as much as God cares about our salvation, our friendships, our careers, our anxieties, God cares deeply about who and how we date. That being said, don't be surprised that as you go to the Bible for guidance, you're not going to find any specifics or particulars about dating. You're not going to find thou shall not say I love you until the third date, or he shall not make out until engagement, right? But what we are going to find and what we need to listen closely to are the principles the Bible gives for conduct with our brothers and sisters, principles for evaluation, principles for godliness in men and women, and a vision for marriage. And my goal for tonight is to help us as a ministry be faithful to God in our current and future relationships. But even before we get into that, let's answer a very important question first. What is the point of all this? Why do we date? All the pop songs we sing to, romantic comedies we watch, and nauseatingly beautiful Instagram photos of like perfect couples can just really fill our minds and our hearts with this kind of like image that we are in search of this perfect partner to complete us, right? And let me just say up front that that is not the point of dating. The only perfect person that completes us is Jesus Christ. Dating in God's eyes is not a status to be achieved. Dating is a process of evaluation that we use to discern who might be a good spouse for us. The end goal of dating is marriage and the end goal of marriage is to be a beautiful picture of Christ in the church to the world. Tonight we're gonna talk through dating using some of the structure that Ben Stewart uses in his new book, the one that we've been selling the past couple weeks, it's awesome. Like, he says it way better, but read it, get it. Um, But he breaks it up into two sections and that's what I'm gonna do tonight. Um, Who to date and how to date. So who to date? That's the million dollar question, right? There are two very important categories that encompass who we should date as Christians. Character and chemistry. We'll start with character. The most important and critical aspect of a person's character is their belief in and relationship with Jesus. Is the person you want to date, or maybe already date, a Christian? In 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul gives gives us this command to the church in Corinth. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? To be yoked with someone is to be like hitched up with someone, being allied with them or attached to them. Being yoked with someone is saying like, I'm going in the same direction that you're going or we're a package deal. If you're yoked with someone who's not a believer, their direction in life and the way they choose to act is going to strongly influence yours for the worst. What this doesn't mean is that you cannot be friends with people who aren't Christians. By all means, I want you guys to have relationships with people and love people outside of Christianity. But when it comes to dating, you wanna seriously consider if the person that you might spend the rest of your life with loves Jesus. Ben Stewart uses the illustration of running the race of life. If you're running along, being guided by the Holy Spirit in a certain direction at a certain pace, and you link arms with someone who is sprinting hard in the opposite direction, what's gonna to happen to you? You're gonna get jerked in that direction as well. By nature, as Christian and non-Christian, you are pursuing very different things. Play this out down the road in marriage. If your future spouse is not a Christian, you might have differing views on money, parenting, ways to prioritize your time, maybe even faithfulness in your marriage or how you view divorce. It just doesn't make sense to link arms even now in dating. And I know this is tough. I know there are people in the room in relationships with non-Christians. And I know I sound painfully straightforward in saying this, but if Jesus is central to you and not to your partner, that means your partner can never truly understand and know you. But there are many other things and character traits to look at when watch, when, and watch for when considering someone to date. Have you watched their behaviors in groups? Have you seen the way they treat people that they're not seeking to date? How does this person respond to conflict and drama in the community or when they're confronted with their sin? How do they behave when they're tired or stressed? Is this person committed to the local church? Do they have deepening relationships with Christian friends? Is he or she willing to go to small group even when they feel like staying home and watching Netflix? Are they serving somewhere on campus or in the church? Of course we're not seeking perfection here. No one handles things well all the time, but it's important to watch for a good character even in areas of difficulty or mundane. We're looking to see, like, what trajectory this person is on. Like, will they be a Christian in 10 years? Girls, the Bible says in Psalm 1 that a man who delights in the Lord will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields his fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers." Don't we want to be married to men who prosper even when life is difficult or mundane? If you have to beg him to go to church now, imagine how exhausted you'll be week after week forever. You need to date a man who follows God before he follows you and represents God with his character. And guys, Proverbs 31 talks about a godly woman and says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Don't you guys want to date a woman who trusts God so much that she can laugh at the future without fearing for her well being? And don't you want to be married someday to a woman who's grounded with wisdom and kindness? If a woman is playing a role in tempting you to sin or trying to control your decisions now, that probably won't translate to a mutually respecting marriage. You need to seek to date a woman who follows God before she follows you, and represents him with her character. Another helpful indicator of character can also be reputation. What do people think of this person? Is he or she respected in your community? Recent performance can indicate future behavior. Now what I'm not saying again is that you have to date someone who's been a Christian for a long time. We're all sinners who are gonna be dating other sinners. But is there a pattern and desire to fight sin in this person's life? Marriage doesn't fix behaviors, it magnifies them. And in the most non-creepy but sometimes super creepy way, I watched Daniel in community for a while before we started dating. I watched to see how he treated people on campus and at Veritas. I saw him serve by playing on the music team. I saw how he handled things like alcohol in social situations, like when I would see him around. I watched the way he worked hard at his schoolwork and didn't cheat. I paid attention to see if he had that kind of character that I was looking for in someone to date so that if that day came, and I hoped it would, I could date him with at least some confidence about his character and reputation. And that being said, just because two people are Christians and have great character doesn't mean that they should be in a relationship. There are a lot of amazing Christians who have no business being together just because there isn't any chemistry. Chemistry is the second point that we need to consider when thinking about who to date. You may be thinking, wait, I thought it didn't matter if I was attracted to the person as long as they're a Christian. Or maybe you're thinking, duh, the only thing that matters is if I'm attracted to them. We'll get to that. I want to make it clear tonight that attraction is good. God intends for us to marry someone that we have chemistry with. The psychology dictionary defines attraction as a natural feeling of being drawn to other individuals and desiring their company. This is usually due to having a personal liking for them. I love that definition because it's usually not just one thing or not just how someone looks that makes us truly attracted to them. Over and over, the Bible endorses attraction. From Adam's love at first sight song about Eve in Genesis 2 to Jacob's immediate attraction to Rachel in Genesis 29. Verse 17 there even says that she was beautiful in form and appearance. Romance for sure involves physical attraction. The entire book of Song of Solomon is it describes a married couple in the physical and emotional intimacy leading into marriage and as a married couple. Seriously, read it, it might make you blush. If you are thinking about dating someone or you are dating someone, make sure to ask yourself, am I attracted to this person? Do I find them appealing? Not saying you necessarily should act on this yet, but do you wanna kiss them? If you don't have that desire toward them now, I would definitely not recommend marrying them. At the same time that physical attraction is important, chemistry in a relationship is much more than that. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Sometimes you may not think the person is the most attractive person ever on the first date. Now you may be thinking, did she just completely contradict herself? No, I'm saying it's both. Physical attraction and beauty are good, and as a factor of chemistry. But it's not the ultimate factor. There needs to be more depth in chemistry than just thinking the person is hot. The Bible gives warning towards being distracted purely by physical beauty alone. Romance runs much deeper than beauty. And I hope this doesn't come as a surprise to you guys, but the majority of your time in marriage will not be spent having sex. Hopefully some of it will be. But the majority of your time together will be spent hanging out, doing mundane life errands, talking around the table at meals, enjoying friends and family, normal life things like that. Ask yourself if you're excited to do those things with the person you're thinking about dating. Do you find yourself thinking about this person? Do you want to go out of your way to spend a few extra minutes with them? Are you excited when they invite you to do something? Do you feel the need to like text back right away? It's kind of fun. Or are you interested in their thoughts, feelings, and ideas? It sounds silly, but are you a little overly aware of their presence? Like, you know, the thing where you're kind of doing what you can to get a little closer to someone? I remember in college being able to spot Daniel's bright blue winter coat from, like, what felt like a mile away and adjusting my walking speed accordingly to try to (laughs) speed up to him so hopefully I'd catch up. You know, chemistry. Like, it's important to enjoy your future spouse and have fun with them. Not all dating and definitely not all marriage is happy fun times, but I do hope and pray that you choose someone who brings joy to your life, who shares humor with you, and who most importantly is headed in a direction compatible with yours. Again, what I'm not saying is that you're looking for perfect compatibility or someone that you'll never disagree with or conflict with. That is impossible to find. Let's not have unrealistic expectations. But what we're just trying to do is evaluate if who we date is the right fit based on their character and your chemistry with them. Now that we've talked through who to date, let's talk through how to date. Like I mentioned earlier, dating is a process of evaluation. You are spending time with people in efforts to get to know them and learn whether or not you are compatible. Two important ways to help navigate how to date is dating with clarity and dating in the context of community. To come back to Ben Stewart's race metaphor, Let's say you're running along, pursuing the things of God, and you see someone running kind of similar pace next to you that you find cute and fun, and you want to explore that further. The first step is to initiate with clarity. Of course, that begs the question, who asks who out? And this was a popular one in our Instagram survey. Honestly, I don't think it matters. Girls, it's not wrong to ask a boy on a date. However, just speaking from honest female perspective, guys, we want you to ask us out. Seriously. <laughs> Most girls in this room would be flattered and excited if a guy asked her on a date. Did you catch that, though? Asked her on a date. That's the clarity piece. And might I add, in person. I can't stress enough how much I appreciated Daniel asking me on a date face-to-face. I could see his sincerity, and I appreciated that he put himself out there. Proverbs 24, 25 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. In Proverbs 29, 18 this is where there is no vision, the people perish. We need to respect each other in dating with honesty and clarity. Now, what this doesn't mean is that you need to state your intentions for the long run on the first date. That's a little intense, right? What it does mean is calling it a date and clarifying maybe at the end of that date or every few dates or times you hang out, if things are going well, where you're at. Guys, this might mean at the end saying, I had an awesome time tonight. I'd love to go on another date, can I call you in a couple days? Simple, like clear, not weird. Girls, this does not mean you have to say yes. But hopefully, if you're enjoying yourself, this frees you up from wondering like, is he gonna text me, is he gonna call me, did he, let, did, he, like, did he think it went well, what do I do, should I call him, all the things. But also girls, guys cannot read our minds, unfortunately. And so sometimes in this process, there'll be places for us to encourage the guy or give signs that we're interested. Maybe saying, I really like how you went about that. Or making a point to compliment them on something you see in their life. Dating seems to kind of have two ends of the spectrum these days. You have people who feel the pressure to know if they're going to marry someone within the first few months. Or you have the people dating for years with no real direction. We've received a lot of questions regarding timing and appropriate boundaries throughout dating. I wanna free you guys up from the pressure that you need to marry the person if you date them. Sometimes that's what it can feel like in our Veritas community, like the way people kinda freak out if a guy and a girl start dating or, you know, it's okay if it doesn't work out. Again, dating is a process of evaluation and one that you should be thinking critically through. Dating doesn't carry the same weight as marriage, so there's no shame in ending a relationship for good reasons. But if you are dating someone, and you like where it's going, there should be an appropriately vulnerable steps taken, a natural progression emotionally. Like a zero entry pool, you are wading into the waters of vulnerability and sharing about your life. Like you're probably not gonna jump in and share about sin struggles or future plans on the first few dates, but you might wanna see the conversations deepen as time goes on in the relationship. I would proceed with caution when it comes to conversations about physical past, sin struggles, Saying I love you, future plans. It's not wrong to talk about these things, but just be careful and thoughtful about the impacts that words have. I can't tell you how many friends and students I've seen heartbroken where promises were made and not kept. So it's important to honor each other with clarity in dating. Community is another important thing that helps us navigate and evaluate a relationship. As weird as it sounds, dating is a group project. Proverbs 25 or 12, 15, sorry, says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Do you have Christian friends speaking into your dating life? Are you including and inviting your community to have a front row seat to your dating relationship? When we're attracted to someone and emotionally engaged, it can be really easy to overlook red flags or live in secret sin and make excuses for that. We need friends and mentors to point these things out to us because we don't see it on our own sometimes. Even in the healthiest of relationships and marriages, girls, we need our girl time, and guys, you need your guy time. A spouse can never replace the richness of friendship in our lives. Do you have friends or a mentor in your life that are hesitant to endorse your boyfriend or girlfriend? Does your boyfriend or girlfriend pull you away from community? And are you willing to listen to the wisdom of those speaking into your relationship? Or are you gonna stop sharing when they challenge? Maybe this week, ask a close friend how, you th- how they think your relationship is going. Invite them to have a voice in your life in that area. This absolutely includes our single friends. In college and still today, my Christian girlfriends are constantly speaking into my relationship with Daniel. When we were dating, they were holding me accountable to how we were doing physically or how we were handling conflict. While my non-Christian roommates would walk by my room and close the door while we were in there together, not helpful, we need to have Christian friends involved in our relationships. And are you the kind of friend who's willing to be honest with your friends about the things you see? If you're in a relationship, seek these kinds of people out. Seek out your small group leader and share with him or her the good and the bad of your relationship. Have a conversation with your partner about where and how you guys can spend time in community or find a place to serve together. It maybe some of you are in relationships where all you do is hang out with groups of friends and you lack quality time together. To you, I'd say you should carve out time in your week to spend individually with that person. My guess, though, is that most of us in this room err on the side of too much alone time, which can be dangerous, problematic. Again, dating is a community project. Not only is community key for feedback, but I hope that community is the avenue in which you find someone to date. I would love to see girls and guys hanging out together socially enough for healthy relationships to develop out of community. Dino and I's marriage health still relies heavily on the accountability and wisdom of our friends and mentors. They celebrate our victories, and we've, they've also witnessed our struggles and fights and have challenged us and prayed for us. I remember in dating feeling the weight of the love and care of both my friends and his, knowing that when things were hard, they were involved. Like, even when we had mess up physically in dating, I, like, felt the weight of it tangibly because I knew we would have to separately confess to our accountability mentors and friends. They met us with grace, but it wasn't ever fun to have those conversations. As the music team comes back up, Tonight, we've talked through the who and the how of dating. We want to look for someone with godly character that we have chemistry with. From there, if we want to date someone, we want to evaluate that with clarity and in the context of community. Maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, Alex, cool, like, easier said than done. Or maybe some of you are feeling discouraged right now or experiencing shame from past experiences. Or maybe some of you are still healing from broken relationships. I don't know. But what I do know is that each of you has a story that God is redeeming. No one is too far off from the grace of God. No relationship history or lack of disqualifies you from the grace of God. Thank God or I for sure would not be standing up here right now. As Kyle mentioned last week, There's this fairy tale narrative that many of us have been taught to seek out. Once we find our prince or princess, we are complete and we can ride off into the perfect sunset of perfect happiness, right? But what if it wasn't the prince or princess that completes us? What if we set our sights not on the prince or princess, but on the king? If our eyes are fixed on King Jesus, we can see people with right expectations. If our eyes are fixed on King Jesus, we can forgive ourselves and the people who've hurt us. And if our eyes are fixed on King Jesus, then we aren't looking to that girl or guy to complete or fulfill us, but to compliment us as we seek to glorify God. As we leave tonight, I want you to ask yourself, am I the kind of person that I want to date? In other words, am I striving to have the kind of character that God tells me to look for in a dating relationship? Have you placed your faith and trust in King Jesus and allowed him to reign over your life? Are you living in obedience to Jesus? As Ben Stewart says, before you seek a guy or girl, you need to get on board with God. Before you marry a mate, you need to meet your maker because it's the stability of walking with him that we have the resources to be a blessing to one another. We have to be connected to a source of life if we're going to be a source of life. We have to be connected to a source of life if we're going to be a source of life. This is where you have to start. My hope and prayer for everyone in this room is that before you go and seek a guy or a girl to date, you seek King Jesus. Jesus loves you so much that he lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, defeated death, rose again, and is coming back to perfect everything. It's only when we receive what great love he has for us that we can begin to love another. And that's my prayer for us tonight. Amen.